Welcome back to Beyond the Tavern Wall. I'm your host, Brayden Figgins. I'm joined by my wonderful other host, and who are going to introduce themselves and tell us if they could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? Hunter, go ahead and start. Well, hello, my name is Hunter. Uh, if I could go anywhere, I've always wanted to visit Iceland. Iceland. Yeah, it's beautiful. Nice. Uh, all right, Haley, go ahead. Hello. Um, if I could go anywhere in the world, I would go to Greece. Why Greece? It's so pretty. Also, oh. Mamma Mia. Kendall. Hi. Um, Haley and I have the same answer because I would love to go to oh. Greece. We should go together. Uh, yes. I've always wanted to go to Greece. It's amazing, and it is very pretty. And plus, I would love to look at buildings that used to be buildings, but are just piles of rocks now. That would be sick. And also Percy Dude, Jackson. Dude, described my aspirations and dreams. And also Percy Jackson and Greek mythology <laughs> in general, so yeah. <laughs> Sam, go ahead. What's yours? I really want to go to Sweden. It just seems Ooh. real beautiful. Sweden's really cool. I've never been there, but it's really cool to look at online. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I look at like Google Maps and I just see like the outline of Sweden. I don't even zoom in. I'm just like, wow, it's beautiful. <laughs> Again, I'm Braden Figgins. And if I could go anywhere in the world, okay, I would love just to go to Antarctica. I'd love just to be like, hey, I've been in Ar Antarctica and just stay there and see penguins. That'd be sick. Use the, use the only ATM that they have down there. Do you have an ATM down there? Yeah, there's, I think it's on the whatever such and such basis. Imagine oh, yeah. being the guy that has to stock that ATM. <laughs> it just flies out to Antarctica for a day. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about D&D &D pet peeves. What do players or DMs do that kind of rubs us the wrong way and or, you know, isn't fun to be around to play with? Uh, we want to preface this at first. This is not about anyone in particular. So if anyone in our groups that are listening and you feel like it's about you, it's not about you. It's just something that as we have been playing D&D, &D, we have realized is not our favorite thing to be around. So no one take offense to this. If you ever feel like that specifically, um, just just don't. It's it's not about you. It's about us. If you ever have feelings, just don't. You're not allowed to have feelings <laughs> when you listen to this podcast. Noted. No, <laughs> noted. All right. <laughs> So obviously in D&D, you have such a wide variety of people who play that you're going to get different play styles. And because of that, you're going to have things that aren't super exciting to play with and are super fun to play with. Maybe we'll even talk about our favorite things to play with as well. Favorite play styles to play with in D&D. Preference in D&D with that, because otherwise, you know, you might think it's something else. Fringe. With the, with the thousands of people who play D&D, everyone's going to play it a little different. So we're going to discuss... How people play, what people do that irks us, and what people do that really excites us. Uh, who wants to go first? I don't think anyone wants to, to bully anyone. I can go first. Go ahead. Cool. So I've been playing a long time, and there are a lot of things that I've just gotten over. I realize someone's going to do it in almost every single group, so it's whatever. But the one thing that still drives me absolutely insane is when people have been playing their character for like, months or years and they still don't know their abilities and it takes them like 10 15 minutes to make a single attack during combat it drives me insane it's like just learn your character like you've been playing them for so long why don't you know that oh at level 10 you had this ability this whole time and you've never used it once and would have saved you in that one specific situation mm -hmm. <laughs> that's always frustrating because like 
the DM is not in charge of your character. They are, at least for me, I'm not going to remind my players of any of their abilities. That's not my responsibility. I'm not a babysitter when it comes to your characters. I am doing my own stuff, and I do not want to remember that at all. It'd be nice if you did. Well, it's not my responsibility. <laughs> now I know my hey, pet peeve. <laughs> well, goodness. Well, what's your pet peeve, Sam? I pass. <laughs> um, no, that's 100% obnoxious. Um, mine kind of goes in the same vein as that one is not preparing your turn in combat. So like while other people are going, you can use that time to plan out what you're going to do. Of course, things change during other people's turns. So you might need to change it, but you need to be thinking about what you're going to do or combat takes forever and it takes all the excitement of combat away. Yeah, I think next week, next episode, uh, we're going to be talking what's better role player combat. And I will give you a little sneak peek. I despise combat sometimes. In combat in D&D, there are rounds. So when everyone takes a turn, uh, that is a round. And a round lasts six seconds. But D&D combat can take up to four hours sometimes. But you only went like three rounds. See, in game, it was only 18 seconds. But in real life, it was four hours. Oh my gosh, if you're not prepared, it's so frustrating to just sit there. It really is. You should set a timer then. I will. I've thought about it. 60 yeah. seconds remember, to your remember I gave you that suggestion to get like one of those uh, hourglasses? I you thought about it. I thought about it. I just, I also, you know, don't want to go spend the money on that. But I mean, I can just use my phone, but then I'd forget. Yeah. It's all my don't fault. Don't like board games just come with that little timer? Can't yeah. you just like steal one from one of your board games? But it depends, <laughs> on, it depends on the board game. Because like the one board game I have that has a timer is a two minute timer. I ain't giving people two minutes. That's a long time. Honestly, you guys are over there like a minute. I'm here like 30 seconds at max. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Things do change in combat. Do you, are you still frustrated when something drastically changes uh, and people take longer on their turn after that? So let's say a player goes down. They weren't planning that. And then a player goes down. And now what do they do? I think that's when you need to implement a rule of like dynamic time change, like due to the to these additional actions that you did not know were going to be because someone went down that wasn't foreseen. If it was just like someone attacking the last turn, you can kind of predict that. But someone yeah. going down is unpredictable. So you give them another like 45 seconds. OK, OK. I actually really like that idea of dynamic time changes. It's not too much time where it, it lets them really get down in there. And it's, I think, just short enough where it puts that panic in where they have to do something now. Ooh. So yeah, like every every dynamic event should add X amount of time to the next player's turn. Okay, that's actually but only the next player. But I'm let's right. save this conversation for the combat conversation. No, no, I think that's good to talk about right now as well. It's just kind of addressing these things for DMs or players other places. If you have these things that come up that irk you and all that, how do you deal with that? And that's a great way of doing uh, timing each player's combat. But then when something happens, you add more time to it. I actually really like that. Maybe I'll implement that more. Just ready to go down more often then. Looks like we're having combat in our next session. You guys? Woo. Yeah. Who knows? You never know. Maybe you'll fight more Woo. bread monsters. That reminds me, before we get too sidetracked, when are you on the Billings again? Uh, I go on Wednesday to next Friday. Oh, so no D&D this week. Probably not. Which is sad because it would have been um, Daniel's last time. Mm. Ouch. Yep. Um, without you, I'll, I'll be the DM. Everyone's gonna level up. If you guys want to play, go ahead and play. Maybe I'll, I'll probably I could call in and play as well. Everyone's gonna level up. Oh, well, it won't be the same campaign though. Do your cheese campaign. 
anyway, besides the point, um, <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves been a DM for the past four years. So most of my experiences is through DMing. But when people aren't paying attention, I'm going to give a fantastic story. This is kind of singling out one of my players and I apologize, but it's an awesome story to kind of show why this isn't fair to the DM and to other players. Like it's a big pet peeve of mine. Uh, we were playing at one of our players' parents' house and we were sitting at their kitchen table and the one player was directly across from me. And he was kind of known as, I always knew he never really paid attention a ton. But at this point, um, one of the uh, adults in the house came up the stairs behind him. The player was on his computer kind of looking around and the adult's just like, oh dude, are you into skateboarding? And he was just like, oh no as he like slowly closes his computer just he got ratted out so hard that he wasn't paying attention it's just like bro come on like we how long have you been doing that like but it was hilarious it was really frustrating though because it's like then they'll turn to you and be like oh what what just happened the past 10 minutes i wasn't paying attention and i don't like repeating myself so i'm like oh sucks to suck you weren't paying attention and then it makes it not fun for them and it makes it not fun for me. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. It frustrates me when people don't pay attention. And I'm not perfect. Sometimes I don't pay attention. I try to pay attention. Um, not that it's hard to pay attention, Brayden. Some of us have ADHD. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, I have crippling ADHD. <laughs> I have to play Candy Crush while we're playing Dungeons and Dragons, or I physically cannot pay attention to what's happening. There's a difference oh, no. between having ADHD and having to do something to pay attention and not paying attention, though. Yeah. Like, there are people who just don't pay attention, and then they'll be like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. And that's that's what I'm talking about, because I'm the same way. I have major ADHD, and I, I, I'll be honest, when I'm DMing, I'm over there like, twiddling a pen or like doing something that's like doesn't look like i'm paying attention but i'm paying attention there's a difference between the adhd not paying attention and the i'm just not paying attention because i don't really care but i want to be here paying attention yeah what i was saying though was when everyone's paying attention that's when you have the best sessions because everyone's engaged and the story progresses and there's just like this whole synergy thing going on and it's great but so it's frustrating that Others aren't paying attention when you know one of the great, I don't know, keys to a good session is paying attention. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Exactly what I'm saying. And going along with that, another one, uh, this is not like, this is more of a funny pet peeve, but when people don't take notes, it's, it's a funny pet peeve because it's like, obviously you don't need to take notes. That's all up to you. But I really, as a DM, it's like, oh, you're taking notes. It means you, you want to, like you, you care about it and all that stuff. Oh, it makes me happy. Uh, but I feel a little targeted on this one, but you, I have started taking a little bit more notes and it felt so good when you brought something up that I had the only information for. Ex that's the point. Cause it's like, okay, you guys should know this information. I don't want to tell you because I feel like that's metagaming. When I tell you guys the information that your character should know, like I'll help you out, but it's like, Oh, who is this person? Well, I mean, they're the King, but I guess you forgot who the king was. So very important character. My, uh, like, you're bad. <laughs> Hunter, you've been awfully quiet. I have been because I've been waiting my turn because I've got a bit of a lengthy boy. Oh, he's such Ooh. a polite gentleman. Ooh, everybody sit around the fire. It's story time. No, it's not. We're, we're in the tavern. Just sit around the table. Grab a drink. Oh, excuse me. Everyone sit around the table. 
Taverns have fireplaces. But we don't yeah, need to sit around the it. Fire song song. Yeah, well, let's gather. Just kidding. DMCA. Uh, Lord, Lord Hunter, regale us with your tale. Lord Hunter, there. I don't like that. Jeez. <laughs> um, uh, this last week, I actually had the opportunity to uh, hang out with a close friend who has actually been playing D&D for around 30 years since oh. first edition. Oh, my Holy gosh. Cow. Um, and me and him, oh my gosh, it was so great to just sit and chat with him and nerd out over crap. But, um, I actually asked him this question because I knew we were going to be talking about it. So these are his opinions, not mine. I, I somewhat share these. Uh, one of them that he did bring up was, yes, staying engaged. That's a big one for him. Um, but then the other one, this one I somewhat agree on is not staying in character. Because as, as as a player, um, I, I do like trying to stay in character as much as I can, but I also, I love to crack jokes whenever I get the opportunity. Brayden can probably vouch for that, but I mean, it's, I, I find it fun to just, something is said or something is done, and I just crack a joke. Most of the time I don't even think about it, but that's just something I like to do, uh, and that's, that's his opinion, which I respect. Going with that, 100% agreeing. When people stay in character, like Kendall was saying, it makes the session so much more fun because people are engaged with the campaign. They're engaged with the session and all that stuff. And the occasional cracking of jokes is okay. But when it's a constant cracking of jokes where their story doesn't progress, then it gets a little over the top. And now you're just calling me out. Yes. No, honestly, we do good. We do Both of, the, both of our groups do well. There's been some times when, and I'm at fault for that too. I'm probably more at fault for that than anyone. I'm, I crack jokes all the time as the DM. Um, and it's something I need to work on as well. It's just something that doesn't progress the story is when we yeah. crack jokes. And then it will lead to side topics and you will just get distracted from the main story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's And then fair. we're talking about movies again. Yep. I feel that. But, um, yeah, those those were his opinions. Um, I have a deep respect for that man. I did not know that he played D&D &D until I spent that week with him. Um, but my, my personal big pet peeve, I haven't had a lot of experiences with this, but I've seen it happen um, just with clips I've seen of people playing D&D &D and whatnot. But metagaming is something that I loathe. I mean, I agree. I'm sure that uh, you guys may have some of the same issues, but uh, when you start to learn more about the different monsters and entities in D&D &D, and you encounter that in-game and your, your character has not encountered that monster or creature, I found it a little bit hard to to try to go off of what that my character knows and, and try not to use what I as a person know. Can you explain what metagaming is real fast? Of course, of course. So metagaming is taking knowledge that you know as a person that your character does not know and using that knowledge. So, for example, um, the thing I can think about is is a roper. Uh, mostly because a roper we is died a D&D monster. It is, it is. It's, it's, it's a little, it's a cheeky Donnie. I we killed uh, Haley's and Hunter group with a roper. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. I don't want to talk about it. That's why they're in <laughs> But <hell>. anyways. <laughs> Feels bad. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, metagaming example in that situation would be, hey, going into this encounter blind, I know that it has this many hit points. I know it has these resistances. It has uh, this armor class. It has these attacks and these abilities. That that would be metagaming. And it sucks. Like, yes. it's so frustrating. I had a player who would literally bring his uh, monster manual cringe oh that's awful it's like i i had to take it from them <laughs> i was like no you can't have this in the in the game like 
they were like, I'm just looking at things. I'm like, no, but you're you're looking at the monster that we are fighting right now. I'm not okay with that. Yeah. A lot of these pet peeves from like what I'm getting from you guys is it ruins the flow and the fun of the game. And the immersion. And the immersion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Metagaming is something that most D&D parties can unanimously agree on should not happen at the table. Most. Most. Not all, because there probably are some who are a lot more lenient than that. And that's totally fine. But I guess it goes back to your other point, Hunter, of staying in character. Like, if you're in character, you won't metagame. Well, it'll be harder to metagame. Because Haley and I have talked about this, where... As DMs, it is so hard not to metagame because, mm-hmm. because we are just, we've immersed ourselves in all the D&D, the DM side of things, the dungeon master side of things, where when we get to the player side and you're like, oh, by the way, this person shows up, you're like, oh, I know exactly who that creature, monster, or person is. I know all their abilities, their spells, their level, and all that. Uh-oh, we're screwed. That sounds like no good. Nope. Sam, what are your pet peeves? <sighs> I can't think of anything at the moment. And I've been trying to think as as we've been going on, metagaming is a pet peeve that everyone should have, but I think I may have contributed to that once in a while. So and everyone I'm not does. allowed to speak on it. No, you're fine. Everyone does. I've done it. I remember my... No, I need to be... Sorry. No, you're good. What were you saying? I was about to say I need to be a perfect player. You're right. Well, you are a perfect player to me <gasps> and your wife. Wow. wow. Uh, but I've even fallen into that where we were in a dungeon and I cast like a acid damage spell on a skeleton and they don't take they're immune to acid damage or something like or poison and my dm had me roll a perception check and i rolled really low and i was like he was like oh yeah it looks like it did damage and when he says it like that it didn't do any damage but in my mind i was like oh i'm never casting that spell again and i never did even though my character probably would have casted the spell again yeah Mm -hmm. you know talking about all this stuff really makes me want to play again like in a Mm full-on campaign Trust me, I want to play way. every single day of my life. <laughs> I'd be our fine with playing D&D every day. Right? I was going to say, our group hasn't met in forever. Neither of the uh, groups have. Ouchie. With, uh, yeah, it's been it. I mean, I got a whole new work schedule, so we haven't met up in a while. And can we talk about that very beginning? Uh, when you start a D&D group, how hard it is to start and get into a consistent schedule? Yep. Oh, it's so hard. Like, Another pet peeve is just the inconsistency that your very first group has because everyone has different things that they're not as enveloped in the game yet where they're willing to push it off if they need to. That actually reminds me of another pet peeve that I actually wrote down was uh, not participating. Like if you're not here to play the game, why are you here? Like I understand that it's a really good way to socialize. We've talked about this before that D&D is basically a scheduled hangout with your friends. And there's a time and a place for that when you are playing like before or during a break or something like that. But if you're not participating in the game, it just makes everyone feel awkward, if that makes sense. Like I have trouble when not everyone's participating because then I feel like I need to carry more weight. And then I end up talking the most because I feel like others aren't participating and I need to fill in a space. Games are, there was actually a session recently in your group, Kendall and Sam, that was, I I got done with that. And I was just like, that was probably the worst session we've ever had. Oh yeah? Because no one was paying attention. Not no one, but very little people were paying attention. And it was so, it was very disheartening because it's like, oh, I had all this stuff going on. It was a very slow paced session. And it just, it just was long and dragged on for me. 
Yeah. And you're going to have sessions like that. If you're going to start a D&D campaign and you have in your head that every session is going to be an episode of Critical Role, it's not. There's going to be awkward sessions. There's going to be sessions that kind of drag on. And that's okay because it just makes the sessions that are more exciting all the better. Critical Role is another like let's play podcast of D&D. But we're way bigger and better. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I really like Critical Role. Critical Role is really fun to listen to. I I do too. Um, yeah. I just really don't want Matt Mercer to come murder me in my sleep. So <laughs> if he does it in the persona of Jack Cooper, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm sending this clip to him right now. Please do. He's so gonna see it. <laughs> I would love that. Can yeah, you imagine? That's ugh. that would be so cool. That, there's a goal. Have Matt Mercer on the podcast. Oh my gosh, Matt Mercer, you want to come wild. join us for the podcast? Yeah, that's one of our goals. We'll I'll, write it down. I'll reach out to him. Happen. Is there any Should... other pet? Do you guys have any other pet peeves? I'm trying to think because some of them are very situational. Um, this reminds me of our very first session, but fudging dice rolls. Ours, it was it was very understandable why you did for us uh, in our very first session, but it's it kind of sucks when it has to happen because I mean you're supposed to let fate kind of control the way of the game, but then you're you're just saying hey this is gonna work this way the way I want it to work. And fudging dice rules means lying about the number you rolled on your dice. In yes. their very first session, I rolled na- so like three natural twenties <laughs> on them. If you remember from last episode, we talked about natural 20s and what they do in combat. So I would have doubled the damage on them, but all of them have between 8 and 15 HP. So one hit with the natural 20 is going to take them down. And that's not a fun introduction to the game. I fudged those rolls so that they could win and the story could continue. Yeah. yeah. I didn't fudge the, the rolls when I killed you guys, though. After. No, you did not. <laughs> Kendall, go the ahead. Just, just kill Hunter's character because obviously he's not okay with the outcome. <laughs> yeah. The one time I DM'd, I fudged the rolls. It was because everyone was level one and almost every turn no one hit. So when they did hit, I acted like it was really good. So pet peeves, obviously these are some of them and you can go off on so many more. If you guys have any, post them in comments and we'll probably have a Q&A about what your pet peeves are in the Spotify. Do that, post them, tell us what they are. What are some of your guys' favorite things that people do in Dungeons and Dragons? I've got one. Sam. So I think I've talked about this before. I'm not very good at the role plays. And I know that a couple of the other players that we play with recognize that too. So they actively will try to pull me into it to make me feel included. And I really enjoy that. Trying to make you more comfortable with it. We're going to talk about Daniel again. Daniel's done this a few times for me. Oh, Daniel. Daniel's really good at role play. So a lot of the times he does take charge and he's in the spotlight for a bit. And he will pull someone else in to share it with them. And I like that. Daniel's just the ideal D&D player. He really is. Daniel, we love you. Don't move. Rest in peace. Daniel. Rest in peace. (laughs) He's going to Paris, not to death. It's almost like I could still hear his voice. <laughs> Quit telling everybody I'm dead. <laughs> Thank you for getting my reference. Of course. <laughs> that's what is that from? It's Brother Bear. Yes, that's what it is. Yes, I was like, I've heard that recently. I love that movie. <laughs> Underrated Disney movie. We should, we should have Daniel on the podcast and just interview him. And our first question will be like, what is it like? <laughs> what is it like to be the best D and D player in? The- the world has voted. You are number one. <laughs> you know he's going to hear this, right? Yeah. Daniel, when you listen to this, 
Tell us what it's like to be the best D&D player in the world. Why do you think I'm hyping him up so much? Yeah. My man. I've only played with you once, but you were great. <laughs> I also only played with you once and you killed me, so I don't know. I'm a little bitter about it. Oh. Hey, I'm glad he killed you low-key, because you bullied my character into retreating and never showing his face again. Oh, the game there's is the history game. here. I think having Haley and Daniel in a campaign would be one of the most fun campaigns that you guys would do freaking great. Your I'm combat, broken. I'd have to go freaking Albert Einstein level of genius just to be able to do a single bit of damage to either of you in combat. feel so honored. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll be that good. One day. We'll get you there. After eight years. I'm working on it. Yeah, I'm second. working on it too. Anyone else got any... I, I, I don't know, because you guys have already said a lot of the, the things that I wanted to say. Being able to include other players and give them... I mean, not necessarily in role play, but also giving them the ability to flaunt their abilities and really show why they built their character. That That's something I, I've, I've been trying to do better. Um, sharing the spotlight, I guess you could really sum it as, because it's really easy for me to kind of get caught up and be like, oh yeah, I can do this and this and this and this, and then not really think about the other players. And, and then it's just, they're not having as much fun, I feel like. I've got to yeah. piggyback on something that you said when there's a, a moment. Go for it, go for it. What was the first part that you said, uh, repeating that? Uh, can you repeat that about showing your abilities? Oh, yeah, just, just being able to, to flaunt your abilities and why you built your character. So Brayden did something. I don't know if it was intentional or it just happened to be, you know, in the moment. But my character, I'm really, I was really excited about this. He can call lightning. He can, like, summon lightning out of thin air, essentially. And it gets more potent as the weather worsens. So the cloudier and the rainier, the better it is. And we were in a situation where we were in the woods running and hiding. And I, I asked Brayden, hey, what's the weather like? And oh, it he so said, cool. oh, it, it's getting pretty dark. It's cloudy. It's a little overcast. You might hear a little thunder out in the distance. And I ran on that. I got so excited because that meant I could do even more damage with the abilities that I've been so excited to use. And it was a lot of fun. So that, that's something I, uh, a thing I like is when the DMs do notice what each character can do and will throw in scenarios for them. Thanks. I do love that. I've been, mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for one scenario where it's like it's dark and it requires dark vision to see because I will be kind of broken in that scenario. <laughs> um, I will go off um, that, Sam. Once, um, can I just say something? Yeah, go ahead. Mom, when we say broken, it means that the character is so just how just so powerful that it breaks the game, meaning like nothing can touch them. All right, continue. I love Good how you're specifically mom. talking to your mother. <laughs> hey, she texts me with questions all the time. Genius. I love it. Um, I was going to say, I know it sounds like I don't know your with what my pet peeve thing earlier. It sounds like I don't know your guys's characters. The thing is, is that I know your guys' characters really darn well. Like, I, I look over your guys' character sheets all the time. I and so then I can prepare for certain situations like Sam brought up. Did you cater that for me, or was it just... Uh, I knew it was going to be... I will not say, like, oh, yeah, it's going to be overcast so that he can call lightning. But I knew it was going to be overcast a little bit. It was more of a mood setter. Like, you guys had just figured out you're now enemies of the kingdom. And so Ooh. let's have it rain a little bit. And so, therefore, sets the mood. And then you were like, hey, I'm going to call, call lightning. I'm like... Well, perfect time. It's stormy outside, so... Our current situation right now really reminds me of the Order of the Phoenix. No, please, sense? stop! 
Oh, no. Did I ruin everything? Changing everything. You guys are no longer enemies of the state. You guys are working with Dolores on bridge. I'm sorry. Do we need to talk about Poltron? What did I do? No, don't. No, you're fine. Uh, I've never, I didn't think of it like that at all, but interesting how you think of it like that. That's the, that's the beauty of D&D is you are imagining it kind of one way while I'm imagining it another way. And yet they are the exact same thing. Well, Brayden, Voldemort is back. Make that parallel. There are so many different story tropes of the big bad coming back. It's not just yeah, Voldemort. True. Kronos and Percy Jackson came back. That's true. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> Thanos comes back. Uh, I guess he, doesn't, he returns. Like it's, there's, That's like the big thing. But it's not like that. It's not Harry Potter. There's actually been no inspiration from Harry Potter in this game. I can actually say that. Okay, I apologize. No, it's fine. I actually think that's interesting that you bring that up. I really do. Haley, you've been a little quiet. Um, I really like players who really stay true to their character. And I know everyone hates when people say, well, that's what my character would do, but it is what their character would do. And I really like people that stay true to it. Haley would like fast. Can I yeah. ask a question, though? At what point yes. does saying, oh, that's what my character would do becomes a problem? Like if someone's murder like, oh, hobos. yeah, like murder hobos, like that's, oh, my character would just beat up these people. Like, that's not fun. Mm -mm. That's not I would I would also say like constant betraying of the party. Like a big betrayal is great. We all love that, but it's a big just like oh, I, I, I steal from my from my sleeping party members tonight because that's what I would do. I'm gonna keep stealing from them. I don't doing it maybe maybe because I agree with you, Haley, hundred percent on uh the doing what your character would do no matter what the situation is, uh is so fun because it's your character it's not you it kind of goes with metagaming you're not metagaming the situation but there are people who are like oh that's what my character would do i'm gonna go commit this terrible crime because it's what my character would do but it's not fun for everyone else exactly if it makes the game miserable for everyone else then it's it then becomes a pet peeve rather than something i enjoy it's a fine line for sure yep maybe it's like done without purpose because there could be times where like, oh, I'm going to go do this and it may not be what the group loves, but it's what my character would do. And it progresses my story and the and the story in general. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't hurt the party. It just kind of moves the story in a different direction kind of deal. Because that brings up another pet peeve that I know we're not on pet peeves, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Uh, two types of characters I'm not a super big fan of. And one of them I'm becoming not a big fan of more recently. The first one is... Characters who have no reason to join your party at all. If you're creating a new character, let's say your, your character dies and you're creating a new character, but your purpose and who you are and the personality of that character is just an a-hole and there's no reason anyone would want to hang out with you ever. Like, why are you creating that character? Because th there's no reason for the party to take you in. There's no reason for you to be loyal to that party or for that party to be loyal to you. Like, you got to make a character that is somewhat able to mesh into the group and have a reason to join that adventuring group on their adventures. And then um, the second one is I'm starting to not like, it kind of goes with the first one, but like lone wolf characters where their only goal is to, because D&D in and of itself is a cooperative game. It is not a solo player game unless you're playing it solo, which... I don't know how you could do that because D&D &D is yeah. a very social aspect. It's very social. Um, so if you have a character that doesn't do anything with the group, 
why do you have that like what's the point of having that character if you're just going to be that lone wolf in the corner it works in movies it's cool in movies but since D D is a super cooperative game like it just doesn't work as well in D. &D. there's a, and there's a difference between lone wolf and a character who does their own things while still helping the party one of the things i absolutely love going back to taking notes is people taking notes because it's so great and I love it when people remember the names of the people you come up with. <laughs> it's so nice that I don't have to repeat. The city of Sindarin in my world, which would probably have to be uh, changed if we ever do like an actual word because I didn't realize it was a Tolkien word. But you guys never could remember Sindarin or any of the cities. <laughs> okay, I take that. I take offense to that because I remember the names of the cities. What city are you in right now? We were in Sigmus, and we are fleeing Sigmus. Okay. We're in a cave by Sigmus. So. Kendall, this doesn't pertain to you then. We're in hell. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've only been to one city, and well, I was only there for not even half a session. What is yep. the name of the city? Do you want me to say it, or do you want Haley to say it? Haley, Haley what's the name of the city? Let me pull my notes up. You're fine, Haley, it's fine. Uh, you don't have to. Got him. Dude, the um, sass. <laughs> do you remember the name of the first city, Kendall? Swallow Peak. There we go. Yay. Hey, I think that's where we were too, wasn't it? Yep, you guys it both started in the are. same place. Okay. Uh, Alphilion, if you remember Alphilion, Haley. Alphilion was a major character in their first arc as well. Mm, okay. So, crossover! No, but it's really nice to when you guys remember the names of cities and places and people. Um, because then it's like, for the 50th time, it's Sindarin. Or for the 50th <laughs> time, his name is Nirikov. Like, come on! <laughs> But it, and it, it also just shows initiative and your willingness to learn about the world. Lore sessions are the best sessions, in my opinion. I love to be able to build my world out and have the world there with you guys. It is so fun to just, hey, by the way, this random topic that I worked on for two weeks and save your campaign now actually means something. So let me tell you in great detail about the Gnomish War in the year 200 that happened between the gnomes and the... Duragar deep beneath the mountain of poo poo or whatever you know like uh <laughs> it doesn't pertain to anything else except for this specific moment that you decided to go look in the library for <laughs> and then you remember yeah. it and then you're happy <laughs> and then i'm happy and a happy dm is a happy party is it that's true i don't know is it yeah, yes am i a happy dm are you yes, yes. am i <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> You know, I, I didn't realize how hardcore of nerds we were until we started talking about our D&D &D pet peeves. We're nerds. We are nerds. Get over it. Hey, except You're ruining it. the immersion. Be proud of it. Why are you ruining my D&D &D session? Stop, my immersion. Stop being a normal human and playing D&D. &D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone have anything else uh, with pet peeves or things you enjoy that players do? I am. I mine's pretty simple. I just enjoy players that interact with the people in the party. I just like party interactions. That's one of my favorite things about D and D. So, if you're interacting, then I think it's fun. Casual conversation between party members is some of the best role play. It really it's is. Good. It really is. Because a lot of like ahead, funny sorry. stuff comes out from that. Exactly. Just and naturally funny things too. Like you don't have to force it. And then you also get to know the characters on a deeper level. Like your bond with that character grows. The character-to-character -character mm -hmm. bond grows, the player-to-player -player bonds grow, and the player-to-character bonds grow. And it makes mm -hmm. it more tough when hard things happen and you 
notice these things going on. You're like, oh shoot, like I'm emotionally attached to their character as well. Like it sucks that they just died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, my best friend, April. She cried when my character died. <laughs> as every good friend should. Yes. So thanks, April. I think the uh, saddest death was probably Shen. That was the one I felt the worst on. I was about to mention Shen. That was a really sad yeah. death. That was really sad. It, fun fact, because we probably won't explore his backstory um, in this campaign or any campaign. I was going to go with a Batman backstory for him. Ooh. Because... Nice. His backstory is that uh, some group came down and slaughtered his village and he was the only one to survive. And then he went up to an ancient monastery and trained to be a monk. And then he went out and set out on the world to find the people who slaughtered his village. And I was going to be like, once, they, once he found the person he was supposed to find, he was going to learn that the monastery had actually sent that group to kill the village. And it would have been like that. You know how like in Batman, he like turns on the League of Shadows. Yeah, Rachel Yeah. yeah. Oh, spoilers. Dude, that movie's like 20 years old. Hey, guess what? Han Solo dies in The Force Awakens. <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to watch those ones anyway, so yeah. Yeah, it's all so right. What? And there we go. Sequel series gets brought up again. <laughs> Every podcast <laughs> it has to happen. <laughs> all right. Um, I'll actually add one more thing. Uh, you, you mentioned backstories. Um, I'm still trying to figure out a way to kind of introduce my backstory to the party members. It just kind of hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. But being able to to kind of share your backstory, not only like with your DM, but being able to share that with your party, that, that helps, I feel like, grow a bond between not just your characters, but your the people you're playing with. I mean, like you said, like the more you, you learn about their characters, you as a person, you grow attached to them. And so backstory, I feel like is one way to kind of give them some insight into the way your character is. And so I, I that's something I, I need to work on personally is sharing more backstory when it's relevant. Being able to share it in a way that it's not just like, oh yeah, by the way, this is all my backstory. Oh yeah, I guess what? My parents died. <laughs> that's that's every D&D uh, character backstories. Your parents are dead. Who's that Mine dark are. figure? <laughs> Who's that dark figure in the corner of the tavern? Oh, nice to meet you. My parents are dead. How do you know your parents aren't dead, uh, Haley? Maybe I killed off Lyria's parents and you'll never find them. You probably did. Yep, because I like great. making people's back... I like twisting people's backstories. It's fantastic. Best part is, I don't know if my parents are alive or dead. I left that up to Brayden with my backstory. Oh yeah, well, uh, you I also the same thing. have completely forgot about your parents. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Thank you, demon oh, uh, devil that you made a deal with. Cringe. Um, uh, <laughs> we're going to wrap up the podcast because we are 52 minutes in. Thank you guys so much for coming out and listening to the podcast. We appreciate it a ton, and we have loved the support and messages we have gotten from you guys. It has been so, so fun to make this podcast and see it do as well as do better than we, we were expecting, honestly. Appreciate that so much. Fun fact. If you guys are going to Fanex in Salt Lake City this year, Haley and I will be DMing at Fanex. So if you guys want to yeah, come no, meet no. us, come see us on the D&D floor. Um, be awesome. It's going to be super fun. Hunter will be there, but he won't be DMing. I think Kendall's volunteering. Sam is yeah, just being his cute be little self. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. So cute. As always, make sure you guys go follow us on social media. We are currently have an Instagram. A TikTok is in the works. Um... And we're going to be posting a lot more on that as we need to, because that's how we're going to get this out. Uh, and if you have any comments, questions, suggestions for episodes, make sure to send it to our email at beyondthetavernwall at gmail.com. 
I check that on the daily, so I will make sure to get those and read them. We actually had a suggestion come in the other day, and we are going to be working on that episode pretty soon, actually. Um, and then last thing is make sure to share this podcast with the people you know. The best way to get a new podcast out is by us being consistent with posting and for you guys to share it by word of mouth to your friends and family who are interested and who are not interested in Dungeons and Dragons. So Sam, this week, who are they sharing the podcast with? Actually, Sam, have you, you've already done it. Hunter, have you done it? Kendall, have you done it? I think we've all done it? done it. Have we all done it? I've done it. Yeah. Should have done it. Oh, I think yeah. so. Hunter, you did knows. someone who like has a dog, right? I can't remember. No, Starbucks. That was me. You did Starbucks. Me? Yeah. Yeah, our very first one. I don't remember this, but again, I don't remember what I did yesterday, so that's fair. Nice. <laughs> so it's back. Hunter, you did one, right? Uh, Yeah, I believe I did. I think you did the last one. So make sure to share this podcast with anyone you see who has skin. Oh, my wow. gosh. <laughs> so everyone. That's a little, a little ex- exclusive. What if someone doesn't have skin? Are you just not going to tell them? I guess not. Those yep. giants from Attack on Titan right now feel so rolling. No, it's only the Colossal Titans. Yeah, oh, just the one. I thing. haven't seen it. It scares me too much. Oh, it's I'm a good show. Watch watch the first episode the other I'm day. A baby. It's fantastic. Watch it. Anyway, thank you guys so much for coming out. We appreciate you a ton. Everyone, say your goodbyes. Love you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.